Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 175. No, it's not. It's episode 174, honestly. And, Catherine, did we manage to watch any of the TV shows we said we were going to watch last week? Not all of them, no! Um, Endgame is coming out this weekend. Do you think either of us are going to go see it? No! <laughs> God, did we go manage to go see uh, the last How to Train Your Dragon movie? No! God, <laughs> I don't know what was going on with me this week. It was just like, it was the lead up to Easter. I didn't really have anything to prep for in the lead up to Easter, so I don't know why that would have made a difference. No, I have no idea. It just, I don't know, I read some books that I've already read before, and I read some comics that I've already read before, and I watched some TV shows that I've already watched before. I have i have no idea. It was a weird, weird week. Yeah, well, okay, so what I did manage to do, I managed to watch ugh, one more episode of Russian Doll. Oh, okay, all right, so you've seen two now. I have now seen two. That was okay. very far short of my plan to watch the entire first season, but um, yeah, I'm really enjoying the heck out of this. And uh, the main character, Nadia... Oh, the actress, uh, Natasha Leone. I have loved her since I first saw her in Orange is the New Black. And I told you and Hannah this a while ago, I would sit and watch just a solid hour of her verbally abusing people. Which is what's so cool about the show, because you get to see a lot of that, you know? I mean, <laughs> I think she's usually, she's being honest, but she's not attempting to be nice most of the time. Yeah, I'm really curious to see what you think after you watch the third episode. That's a lot of people feel like they're not really invested in the show until after the third episode. Okay, because so this one was entertaining in the fact that her character dies a lot more in this episode than she even did in the first one. Right. Um, and she's freaking out even more. And she didn't really seem to have any control over, like, you know, the staircase, her screaming at people, get out of my way, I'm going down the stairs. That was very interesting. But I do also have to wonder if people who live in New York feel like this is a more realistic portrayal of what life in certain parts of New York can be like. How so? Um, just wacky. I mean, people not necessarily having all their shit together in their perfect little apartments. It's like messy and there's stuff everywhere and people are like rude to each other. But, you know, everybody's used to that. So it's almost like their version of being polite to each other. So I just I'm enjoying the heck out of the whole aesthetic of the show. Yeah, we should talk with Nathan's cousins, Emily and Athena, because they live in Manhattan and have lived in Manhattan for a really long time. And I think they'd have a really good idea as to, is this realistically New York or is this Hollywood New York? Right, because Emily, of course, is an artist and she... I, we went and toured a bunch of the weirder art galleries one time when we were visiting, and we saw a performance piece that was a guy dressed all in white walking on his knees in this gigantic warehouse around this humongous pile of salt. And that was the performance art. God. So Emily might actually... I don't know. She might be able to say if some of the artists in this show actually seem like real New York artists or if it's all just sort of Hollywoodized. Yeah, I'm, we got to ask her that next time we see her. I'd love to go to New York again. I don't know, maybe next year and maybe go to New York Comic Con again. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. But um, the other one that I managed to watch, I also watched one episode of The Good Place. Ah, yes. And what did you think? I like the setup. I do like the idea. It, it does seem to me though that they seem to be leaning very hard in this idea that you know this is the good place where you'll be happy and i'm th sitting here thinking 
Will you? I mean, all these perfect people, all these perfect smiley people, something about it seems really off even before you find out that Eleanor, the main character, is not actually supposed to be in the good place. Right. And I am one episode away from finishing the second season, which I think is all that exists so far. I don't remember. This, is this a Netflix original? No, it's not. I think it is, actually. It might be. Hang on. We're going to look. One minute. Oh, no, it's an NBC show, which is no kidding. even more surprising because it gets pretty dark for a network TV show sometimes. It really, really does. Yeah, where they're consulting that holographic person that answers all questions, and she says she's not allowed to go into detail about what the bad place is like, but she can play a little bit of a audio clip of what it's like, and it's just nothing but screaming and car crashing sounds. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're going to enjoy it. And that's another one that uh, three or four episodes in, and that's when you really start to get very invested in the show. Well, I was very impressed at Eleanor, the main character, and how convincingly awful they made her. I mean, just none of it really seems over the top. It's just, you know... Not necessarily evil, but just not a good person and completely unaware of that fact to herself. Yes, and that's one of the things that I really like about the show is that there are always going to be flashbacks in episodes of just moments of her life on Earth that show what a truly despicable person she is. And at the same time, you still root for her. It's really fun. (laughs) Well... In addition to getting that far with The Good Place, the only thing that I really got accomplished this week, I'm about 60 pages from the end of the Limetown novel. Uh Uh-huh. And we have talked about it a little bit over text message, and I sense that you're not necessarily impressed. I think, I believe you used the word Frankenstein at one point when describing it. Yeah, that may be a little harsh, but it's true. If you look at the cover, you see it says created by Zach Akers and Skip Bronke with Coat or Coty Smith, I guess. Which one of those is actually the creator of Limetown? I'm not sure. And I have to say that did give me a little bit of a pause when I saw the credits and said that it was three people. And I thought, oh... Sometimes when you get that many cooks in the kitchen, it feels like a book written by committee. And that's exactly what it feels like. And that's why I said Frankenstein, is that it's got all of these separate parts. And the separate parts might be fine, but I can feel the story being pulled and twisted so that all the pieces fit with each other. And it it just disjointed as hell. It really, I'm sitting here and people's motivations are so sketchy. I mean, the, the fact that people make these decisions with their lives and we don't really get a good reason for why we do it, even if that reason would be like, like most people do things in their lives just because they felt like it. But it just, it, it just has a weird, off-putting feeling to the whole book. I would have to look into it a little bit more, but I wouldn't be surprised if of those three authors, one of them was the podcast, one was telling Emile's story, and one was telling Leah Haddock's story. Because I think yeah. if I had one big problem with the book, it was that the Leah that you're following through her teenage years does not really feel like she connects with the Leah Haddock of the podcast. Right, it's, it's, right. It's odd. I, I can't quite associate the personalities together in my mind. And it also feels like there were things that she didn't know in the podcast 
that she should have known if what's going on in the book is actually accurate. Right. And I understand that sometimes when you have a novelization like this, it's going to retcon certain facts and, you know, no, she didn't know it in the podcast because this book was written long after the podcast was aired. And I get that. I understand. But I don't know. I kind of got the idea that the third person, like, you had the podcast created by one person, and then another person came in and wrote a lot of these chapters, and then the podcasting person also wrote a bunch of chapters, and the third person is the person whose job it is to bring everything together. And it just, I don't, I honestly just don't think it's very workable, you know? Um, I'm glad that I read it because we got this one huge piece of information. Right? That, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that doesn't happen until you're probably about 100 pages away from the end of the book. So I'm glad I read that. But I got about 65 pages left. And I'm like, ugh, it's taking forever. It just I would just like not maybe skim, but just like you don't have to peruse too carefully to get to the ending because I don't know that there's any more big revelations that will be necessary for the listening to season two. And we've got another and siren. We have a siren. Oh, God, <laughs> yes. What are you drinking? Mm. My last of my honey whiskey. I haven't bought any for a little while. No, I'm trying to parse it out a little bit. I I picked up this um, chamomile and lavender tea Mm -hmm. because it looked interesting. Honestly, it tastes like drinking a flower arrangement. Really does. It's not. Is that, is that in a good way or a bad way? Um, I'm the jury's still out on that one, so I don't know. But it's warm and comforting, and it's been a little chilly in San Diego, meaning it's been in the 60s. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been raining here. It's been pouring down rain. Oh lord. And one last thing about the Limetown story is that it's not going to be too much longer before we get the Limetown TV show that's going right. to be premiering on. Facebook Watch, and I'm not even sure how that works. Does that mean we only can watch it on Facebook, on our computers? Would people with a Roku be able to watch it at some point? I don't know. Jessica Mm. Biel's going to be in it, so I'm I'm wondering exactly where is most of the influence going to be felt? The podcast or the book? Because the podcast is a completely different creature from the book. And honestly, if they could lean more towards that... With all the inherent creepiness that goes on in that in season two, I think you're going to like some of the stuff that happens in season two. There's definitely some more surprises coming up. But I would definitely prefer that to having the book be turned into a TV show. But who knows? Right. And you didn't you tell me that there were some people who were unhappy about the book? There were lots of people who were unhappy about the book. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people who are unhappy about season two as well. Because ah, I don't crap. think they... Uh, yeah. I'm, I enjoyed it. Uh, okay. It's not flawless, but I still enjoy I did not hate it as much as the people that I've seen on Reddit talking about it seem to hate it. And okay. And I think it's the same things that we've been talking about here. This a story that I mean that leads up to a lot of stuff but doesn't really deliver. Motivations are all over the place. They've tried to retcon some people's backstories and it doesn't really work. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's the usual, I guess. Yeah, I think what people were more mad about is that after the first season of Limetown finished, then the creators were talking all about doing the TV show and how that the plan this entire time had been to do a TV show. And a lot of people were upset because they felt that meant they were kind of dissing the fans of the podcast because it was like, oh, yeah, we're just slumming here with the podcast. What we were really planning on doing is the TV. And yeah, yeah, I think people were a bit upset about that. Uh, My goodness, if you had a brilliant podcast and you had the chance of it going to TV, would you not want it to go to TV? Right. Isn't that the dream? Yeah, I think I think they were just upset because they thought that 
this was just kind of like paying the bills until they could get to the TV show. Ah, got it. It's all in the delivery. Which is a shame because I feel like the first season was kind of lightning in a bottle in places. It was just so unpredictably creepy and just something that hit all the buttons, I think, for me. Honestly, there's times that I feel that way about Welcome to Night Vale. Yeah. There's something about those early weird episodes that... I don't know, for a lot of people, they never got into Night Vale because they couldn't get past that weirdness. And I think they might actually enjoy it now because there's something of a coherent storyline going on, you know, for Night Vale anyway. Um, But I I still miss some of those just really strange and weird episodes. I mean, Street Sweeping Day and Valentine's Day. Valentine's and Poetry Day and all this stuff when it was just so out of nowhere. It was before we even knew things like street sweeping day was mass chaos and possible death and you know right. Valentine's Day heavy carnage for no reason. Exactly. So it was going to be a short episode this week because there really wasn't, like we said, we just didn't get a lot accomplished this week. Um, Endgame will be coming out and lots of people will be talking about it. We won't be talking about it because I personally am going to wait until the crowds die down before I go see it. So. Yeah, I always do. I just yes. can't. Although I've gone now to Alamo Draft House a couple of times and they are hard core on the idea of you will not talk you will not look oh, at wow. your phone you will not make noises so oh, i so, love it i mean i i never had anyone talk you know meanly to me but sometimes i'm kind of like you know having my dinner and chewing my food and trying not to make too much noise there because they are serious about you not messing with other people's enjoyment of the damn movie and i'm i all about approve that. i do i mean as expensive as movies are nowadays to have somebody ruin the experience no 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 And then this weekend, in addition to not watching Endgame, I'm also going to go, hopefully, to the San Diego used bookstore crawl. (laughs) So that's more my speed. Yeah, we did that last year. It was fun. I want to say last year we went to five different used bookstores, and I think there was a total of seven that were participating. So I'm supposed to head over to Jada and Lisa's place sometime this week so we can look at the map and plan our route. (laughs) We desperately need to get something like that in North Carolina, because we got some nice bookstores in the area, and that would be fun. So yeah, um, other than that, make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the photo galleries. We finally, I think we hit like eight WonderCon photo galleries. So if you were at WonderCon, we probably got your picture in there someplace. So shout out if you spot yourself so we can tag you. And then I guess next week, maybe we'll do a Night Vale episode if it's time for that yet. Or maybe we'll talk about some TV or movies that we actually did manage to watch. I don't know. How likely do you think that is? I don't know. I just, I really want to make myself go see How to Train Your Dragon 3. But I could see myself finally going to buy a ticket and finding out it's not at the theater anymore because we waited too long. Yeah, entirely possible. But one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later. It's funny, you had said, uh, I mentioned to you and Elizabeth, I bet you met Hannah. Oh, crud. Can I try that again? That was way too silly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, come on. Oh, are you kidding me? They don't?